Welcome to Different Gravy, Not Just Another Sheffield Wednesday podcast. I'm one of those, Richard Miller, and my co-host has had to fall back on watching old clips of Bono. Bob, oh, ah. Of Bono? Old clips of Bono. <laughs> Welcome to Different Gravy, Not Just Another Sheffield Wednesday podcast. I'm one of the hosts, Richard Miller, and my co-host has had to fall back on watching old clips of Bob Odenkirk and his masses of Italian sausage to console himself after last night's match. Your friend of mine, Dr. Luke Gledall. How are you doing today, Luke? I'm good. I, um, it's, uh, it's funny. It's uh, maybe the truest words you've it's said the for truest intro. One. It is, yeah. Sometimes a little pig behind the curtain, sometimes it's not 100% true. But this time, you do have a lot of Italian sausage I do. About, <laughs> about your person <laughs> and dwelling. I do. I I bought a lot the other day. I supported a, a friend's niece for a kind of one of those fundraising things where you buy lots of lots of meat. So I've got. I'm like I'm like Arby's now. <laughs> You've got the meats. I've got the meats. And when you're not wandering around your abode, dodging low hanging sausage, you're you're chuckling away to Bob Odenkirk clips yeah. on YouTube. Yeah, it's true. It often seems to come up in my feed a lot, so that's always fun. Yeah. Mm. It's a pretty, sounds like a pretty idyllic life, really, apart from uh, <laughs> this, this football team you choose to follow. Apart from this football team I choose to follow, yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Oh. People will be listening and uh, very jealous of this plentiful, plentiful sausage and uh, and funny little chuckles from treats. <laughs> sure. Shall we... Uh... Oh, let's we get going. Let's do it. Uh, this is a special midweek gravy mm. dribbling into your feeds. The uh, first, the first, and possibly last midweek mm. episode ever. And it's for a very special occasion: the mm-hmm. second leg of the League One playoff semi-finals. Oh, um, I guess we got to do this, Lou. We got to talk about it. It, it happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you know why a sold-out Hillsborough now is some 6,000 seats less than our capacity? Yeah, it's because of uh, the police, safety advisory groups, things on those lines, I guess. I guess. Yeah. We needed room for the Sherlocks to play. We did. Did they, uh, did they get up and did they get rocking in the cheese wedge corner? They were in the cheese wedge. They were, they were rained off pre-match but we got all of the delights uh at half time in the wedge in the wedge yeah awesome yeah um let's do this thing then uh luke's luke loves lineups yeah interesting coming into this one i i so i've got to say rich as we look back on the last time in uh sheffield wednesday 21 22 season mm-hmm um, I'm wondering at this point whether we can say we can look at this and say, is this the closest to a perfect lineup we see before us? Ooh, wee. it's pretty it's close. Right up. Yeah. Um, and for the avoidance of doubt, I mean, I don't in the the Venn diagram of listening to this podcast and not knowing what happened in the game on Monday night. Um, presumably, very few people. 
uh, <laughs> are, are, are in that camp. But this is the game we play. We 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 <laughs> postpone the acceptance of reality for just a little while longer. Mm. Um, but uh, yes, yeah, so that's Bailey Peacock Farrell in goal, um, closing out his his loan spell. Mm. His last Hillsborough in a Wednesday shirt, presumably. Mm-hmm. Um, Jordan Story, similar story uh, as the right-sided centre back of the three. Harley Dean in the middle. Who knows with Harley Dean? Uh, and then mm. Sam Hutchinson. Who knows with Sam Hutchinson? Here goes with Sam Hutchinson. The, the left yeah. side of that, that, that centre-back trio. Jack Hunt, right wing back. I'm pleased to see him back in the in the fold. I think he was very unlucky to miss out on Friday night. Again, who knows with Jack <laughs> We could play this game for a lot of this lineup. I mean, to be honest. Yeah. I thought Jack Hunt we'd given two years to. Is I wrong? Is well, it just this year? That's, that's a good question. And that's probably... I don't know that there has been very quick to kind of meet newsprints and you know pixel prints from from the local media. Um, but he, so he's a player who has a, a, a option for another year. Okay, but I okay, was wondering option. previously whether that was kind of rumored to be if we get promoted to the championship. It does say based on promotion back to the. Hmm. That's intriguing. It is. I mean, I, yeah. Well, that's that's a conversation for another time. I think we can kind of we will talk in the future about looking ahead to next season as part of this this kind of season wrap up, which we'll get into. But today, obviously, we're just talking about the game today. So yeah, Hunt is Hunt is back in for Palmer, which I was, I was happy to see. Yeah. Same same middle of the three pack again. Bannon, Luongo, and Byers. Yeah. Uh, the other changes, Berahino misses out for Windas. For Josh Windas, the first start since February for Windas. Wow. Um, uh, so, what can I say about this? I mean, I, maybe Berahino is a little unfortunate to miss out. I'm a little sad for Palmer. Mm. Um, I noticed there was no FTB on the bench, and we really stuck to a mentality of, you know, all all lions on the sidelines. You know, Bard, Dunkley, and Palmer and Top 40 Joe effectively, because, you know, we've got Patterson who maybe we can bring on to do whatever piffy little thing he does in the middle of the park, which I still don't really I, understand. Yeah. Do you know, until you said that, I hadn't noticed that FDB hadn't even been picked for the bench. Yeah, I mean, because then we. Florian Canberry, Canberry there and yep. not Delicuru. I don't understand. I, I mean,. Uh, but I thought it was maybe done with, which depends whether you... I can see the mentality. The I don't know fire. if I agree with it. All the meat on the fire. We've got all the strikers raring to go. Should we need to to hoist them on, you know, to just chuck, I don't know how many X-Men forward just to yeah. try and get something out of us. Um, which we never really got into, I guess. So, yeah, there's Barry Hino, there's Canberry, there's Patterson. Oh, and Mendes Lang as well. How can we forget yeah. Mendes Lang? Um, but yeah, I thought that we would, looking at that, looking at the, the subs bench, that was only a maybe mild bit of criticism. I'm not sure what's happening with Delhi Bashiru. I'm not sure if he's, if he has a niggle or whether it's just purely tactical at this stage, mm-hmm. but I, I thought that we would miss that kind of midfield wrecking ball kind of option. That would be FDB. But, well, I, but I mean, for the starting 11, it's very good. I mean, I mm-hmm. guess in a weird way, it's, it's a bit like, 
we've had a constant dilemma as to who's our upfront partnership, especially when Gregory's been out. But essentially, outside of that, it's like, who is going to partner with Gregory? Yeah. And, and nobody's a perfect fit, really, unfortunately. No, no one, is, no one is a perfect foil for Gregory. So then the question is like, well, we like Windus. You know, we've, in his kind of ex- mini bits of explosions that we've seen from him this season. Well, his goal inclusion stats are ridiculous. Partly yeah. ridiculous because yeah. he's missed so much football. Mm-hmm. But, and maybe it's... Yeah, maybe the the saddest kind of little ending is that we haven't had that juice from yeah. the end of the season from him. But you know, it, it it was pretty phenomenal, and we can't we can't really pick and choose where we want those moments of form, can we? No. Which we probably probably look at Bannon as well in that regards. But anyway, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Oh, a little bit. But so, I think that's looking yeah. at. So I, I think Patterson too off. So he's too Patterson's too indisciplined as a striker really uh, he struggles to get involved in the game but there's a que- there's a question with him on his physicality because i do think sunderland have three big league one style center backs up there and, and all of the first game we didn't get any change out of them to the point where berahino just sort of slumped off de- after defeating himself to an extent but i do think windas kind of strikes a happy medium in that he's got some pace he's got some um he, he like Berahino he tries to sort of judge things in behind and and, and make little darting runs mm. um and he's also got a bit of finesse and, and finishing prowess about him so uh but he's also a, a decent sized lad like he's not he doesn't get thrown about by defenders very often he's he's a he's a pretty big boy in and of himself um so yeah I I, I think when that's fully fit is a nice foil, nice partner for for Gregory. Whether he was there today um, in in the last night's game, where well, this is full, dis- we're recording in the next night, which there'll be some tired heads uh, from our side of things. So apologies mm-hmm. for that. Um, but yeah, I think probably if all of these, if if you're looking on Pro Evo or FIFA, and all of these are kind of got like the right morale colours and fitness levels, etc. <laughs> This would be the team you'd want to put out, I think, pretty yeah. much. You're, you're putting the best lineup in terms of arbitrary uh, ratings out of 100 against these players. <laughs> right? I think in reality... we take think... the What we do is you take all the previous high-performer team of the week player cards and then mm. you just put them in this one. There you go, Darren. Darren. There you go, Darren. Did you think of that? Did you? Did you, Did no. you really? Well, guess <laughs> guess what? I've got my FIFA badges, FIFA badges, <laughs> or EA Sports FC, as it's now horrendously yes, known. Yeah. But anyway, FIFA, yeah, ultimate team. Because EA Sports FC just rolls off a tongue, doesn't it, Rich? <laughs> it's going to be a changed world next uh, this next time round. They've lost the FIFA license. Oh, we just—it's going to be crazy. <laughs> oh. Anyway, do you want to hear some pithy comments about the build-up and things that I guess you wouldn't have seen because you were you were at the match, Rich? Oh, it was a um, it was not a pleasant. Um, at no point of this whole experience was pleasant uh, from pretty much start to finish. <laughs> um, immediately on leaving the house, I felt I was probably more poorly than I 
you know, when you're in the house, you're kind of like, I'm fine, actually. Yeah, yeah. I can do this walking around thing. And then you walk outside and you realise, actually, you walk a lot quicker when you're outside. And suddenly you're like, oh, yeah, this is actually quite tiring. Um, and it's a quite yeah. a different experience being out and about. Mm-hmm. So I had that. It's the first time I'd ventured outside of the house since I tested positive for COVID. I, I'm, I'm well with well past my government-mandated five days, but... Uh, how much science and sense is behind those is debatable. Uh, and obviously there's a lot of your mileage may vary, but a horrible drive across. It should, it should take hour and a half, maybe two hours max, took three hours to get across. Um, generally had this kind of almost like palpitation type feel about my being. It was a bit too, it's kind of weirdly close. It was hot and humid. Um Barely, I barely got my battered sausage in my mouth uh, before we had to go in. <laughs> <laughs> Missed the first five minutes of the game. He'd barely had his fill of sausage, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> unlike, yeah. unlike his co-host, Luke Little, <laughs> I've had all the sausage in the world. His sausage cup runneth over. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lovely bit of business in the uh, in the in the chippy where. Um, an older chap kept calling. He said, oh, all right, Julie, just do this, Julie. And then another person working in the chip shop said, why are you calling her Julie? He's like, I called her Julie for 20 years. And they said, she's not called Julie, she's called Sue. (laughs) (laughs) The other generic, uh, you know, working class lady name, which you could have guessed. (laughs) It's Sue, it's not Julie. Yeah. It just made me laugh because he was so sure of it. I've told her that for 20 years. It still doesn't make it any more right if it's not her name. <laughs> <laughs> but I've doubled down on my conviction of being wrong. <laughs> mm. So, well, yeah, the, the, what, what, um, what, what nuggets- comments. So, um, so I guess like you probably saw like there was a bit of like the cameras, uh, the build up to, you know, this big game. They often go down the tunnel to see the players coming out on the pitch. Mm. You know, it's beginning that start of the narrative. And you get to see the wonderful shots always of, like, you know, players coming out to... Then you cut to the packed ground. Yes. And all this. But um, Bannon uh, disinfects his hands again. um, Oh, right. You know, there's a... In this this, uh, COVID and post-COVID world, still barely post-COVID world, still COVID world, you know, with the the hand sanitizer on the wall, he he likes... Okay. Give him a little spritz. Did it before Sunderland. Did it before Sunderland away. Did it before Sunderland at home. Yeah, and neither of those games he he didn't lick his hand in either of those games because he is he's a proud Scotsman after all. So that that's uh, no, I think that's, that's ju- I think that's, that's just his. I think that look on his face is just generally is is resting resting Bannon face. Resting Bannon face. <laughs> I also noted as well. Like I, I think I remember like the last episode we did. I did comment that. Uh, Hutchinson looked very up for it and very chipper. Yeah. He looked very pensive this time. Okay. He looked like a man who had some things on his mind when he was uh, he was propping it. He wasn't like standing up straight looking forward in yeah. the build-up and waiting for things. He was kind of resting backwards against the wall and he looked okay. uh, looked like he, uh, looked like he uh, had some troubles on his mind. Well, I mean, this whole thing kind of, kind of swings on... Uh... On his moment, isn't it? Or, uh, mm. it. Um, you know the the other the other episode, Rich, not the last one, the one before, the one where we had the wonderful 
last uh, end of season game against uh, Portsmouth. Mm. And you know, we're, me and you got a bit lyrical, um, but I know it's with all the inflatables. I got into it. I said, "Let's have it." I've got another chant for the home home crowd, Rich, and that's "Sweet Home Ref Protection." <laughs> Let's have some of that sweet home ref protection. <laughs> um, which uh, we maybe got a little bit of, but not maybe not Did quite as much. Inspired? Maybe, maybe I, I, I genuinely think as an objective, like this was a better refereeing performance than Sunderland away. Probably, but I think that's fair. I think mm. that's fair. I just thought it was a little bit harsh. We like looking at the end of the half that we ended up with two yellow, like two of our three midfielders yeah. yellow carded. Yeah. Well, not, not very much, to be fair. And mm. I mean, Pritchard and O'Neill went the whole game without getting yellow cards when they're both dutty buggers. They both love a, a tackle and they love a bit of afters and that sort of seemed to go completely un, unpunished at any point. But yeah, I mean, fair, I, streets ahead of the previous performance, it's, it's fair to say. Yeah, I definitely think so. Um, and I guess the first few notes are all a bit, uh, all a bit foul. Why? The first minute, ref fairly gave a foul against Pritchard from Luongo. Thought that was fair. Um, hilarious moment as well in the third minute. Looks like Pritchard is challenged outside the box, but loved the ref's really though face. Yeah, <laughs> the ref kind of like, meh. I don't think so. That was good. Uh, my commentator had the same chat from last time. He's a bit more animated. Okay. Uh, he talks about this would have been a top game numerous decades ago and then goes, if you'd have told them both in the 30s that they would be playing a League One playoff game, they would look at you confused and say, what's the playoffs? <laughs> top, top insight. This is what we, this is what we pay the... It's good gear. This, <laughs> this is what we pay the Chavas, <laughs> whatever we pay them. <laughs> um, six stuff. minute, you know, I said away... We wouldn't, uh, to be honest, like as a maybe a bit of uh, the sweet home ref protection. Um, a way we don't get, we wouldn't have got the wind ass innocuous handball being ignored, but at home we do. Uh, okay. That's why he was kind of played forward, is took it down by wind ass, swivel out to Luongo, who puts a cross in. It was a good ball, but just beyond Gregory and his loading share, slightly hits uh, belly right above his brow. Apparently, there's a lot of, uh, there were a lot of battle scars, a lot of cuts and bruises, mm. you know. Surprised yeah. they had much uh, Vaseline left in this one, I must say. Big night for petroleum jelly at S6. <laughs> not, not in the ways we hoped, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't want to use a petroleum-based one for that, anyway. Thank you, Rich. Thank you. <laughs> thanks for being... Thanks for, hey, man. Thanks for, thanks for having me. So, <laughs> We look, we look down on the footprints of the beaches, and those are the moments that you were carrying me, Rich. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know, p- public service announcement: you do want to, you want to t- tend towards a water base. <laughs> <laughs> oh, back to the game. Tenth minute, good work on the wings. Johnson is called effervescent by the commentator. Oh. After some hassling by Massimo, uh, Luongo gets out to Johnson, who swings in a near post. Gregory appears to swivel half-volley one right into Bailey Wright's nuts. Mm. Uh, the play breaks down as we fell from there. Yeah. Maybe maybe these uh, Mackham lads have, really do have the minerals to take <laughs> take a few uh, Lee Gregory bashed balls to the 
There was some nice. Uh, there was some nice deliveries from uh, from Mr. Johnson, marvelous Marvin Johnson. Definitely, uh, I <clears throat> I would heartily agree with that effervescent mm. quality. I think we can definitely look on the label, and yeah, Johnson is effervescent. So I would say he seems to be sort of yeah, kind of mm. tireless in a way. I think he's not massively quick, which helps. Mm. Probably helps his sort of stamina over the piece. Like he's not explosively quick. He's certainly got a good like rate of knots. Once he gets going, he's uh, a bit like a bit like a tugboat. You know, he's hard to stop. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the Danish indie band uh, Mew would say, "Am I rye?" I think he would say, "Am I spry?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a good album. Like 16th minute played an excellently by Bastard Windass he tries one was blocked by a sliding bart and then the second opportunity he manages to squeeze a corner he takes said corner and it's incredibly poor because it goes straight oh, to the first man yeah, I exactly. thought he rushed it a little I'm gonna yeah. be honest do you know I kept I kept on hoping mm. and expecting us to try the corner that he did with Byers for the fourth goal against Portsmouth that worked so beautifully mm. and it looked fairly simple like it wasn't it didn't require an incredibly good ball it was just a good like a fast ball to the front post and Byers is alive to it um yes, I don't know why we I don't know why we didn't try it again it's weird how yeah you do these piece things that work and then you never see them ever again yeah yeah I get that that's that's very true anyway uh, I made a general note in between this and the next kind of big minute moment saying Sunderland appear to be dawdling a little. They appear to be looking at the Gareth Ainsworth playbook on the trip down to Essex. A lot, a lot of time wasting. Very, very early doors. Mm. The, the commentator made a point about Luke O'Neill. Um Apparently he thought that he was stamped by Windass, but O'Neill made an absolute meal of the whole thing. Right. I think maybe Windus did did step on him. I don't know how much of that was intentional, but Oneen basically just rolled around on the floor. Um, right. Very, very much he, exaggerated. Is he in the box rolling around? I think so. Yeah, just outside the box. I think it was. Yeah. Okay. Because there's a couple of incidents that I, I'm really interested to hear what you thought of them. Because in particular, there was one. And I, I, apologies, I know it happened in the first half, but I don't know whether it happened in this period or whether it happened later. Mm. Um, but there was a there was a moment where Windass was kind of taken out by somebody like flailing an arm, a defender flailing an arm. But I think that was t- closer to the end of the half, probably. I'm not sure. I probably have it written down here, but we'll, we'll oh, see sorry. if we, we get to it. It's fine. 19th minute, um, we got a corner, and I wasn't really sure what happened, but apparently it was... Do you remember this when um, Sunderland played it back to Patterson in, in net for them and seemingly seemed to kind of air kick it and kind of get a little bit of touch on it, which I think is what they... Well, I thought, what I think what happened, I might be wrong on this, mm. I think what happened was it was a it was a long clearance from, yeah. from Oz. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and I think he was going to time waste, so he tried to dummy it so that he kind of let it go out of play to kind of waste time and he touched it by accident right That's what, that was my reading of it there was a lot of like kind of call, you know i don't know I, I, I nearly said cat calling there wasn't that there wasn't <laughs> <laughs> get the 
chap out. Get that chap out, mate. Come on. <laughs> um, no, I, th- I think that's what happened. I think he was trying to do a really audacious bit of time-wasting where he was on the edge of his box, but the ball was moving quite quickly. And he thought, well, I can, I can get like a minute out of this. If I let this run out of play, then I faff around taking my goal kick. That's a lo- lovely long bit of time-wasting. And then he he accidentally touched it, but I might be wrong. I might be wrong in that. Annoyingly, we didn't punish them for it with the corner. Like it, that, if that was us and we'd given away a needless corner, yeah, we, they'd absolutely score from it. Yeah. I, I've no doubt about it. Well, we get punished for silly things like that all that the was, time. Well, I mean, that was one of our better corners. I must say that was Bannon yeah. who put it over to the back stick. Uh, Story did the call kind of like leap on the back of his shoulders. So he got up for it well, but it it was pretty tame and wide. It was a yeah. Twenty <coughs> first uh, minute up the other end. Roberts does incredibly well to weave in and out of the Wednesday defence, and thankfully we don't commit a foul. It looked like he was ready to draw one out of our players back there. Um, Hutchinson cleared out for a throw, in and then Barry Barry Bannon got cropped from there. I've got to say he he impressed me on Friday night, but I thought he looked so good, Roberts. Yeah, he did look very good. I Just think he was touchably good with the ball. We've got nobody that does anything like that. Delhi Bashir is about the closest thing, and we don't even put him on the bench. But just the, there were several times where he, he, yeah, I suppose it wasn't end product, but certainly took a lot of pressure off his team and caused a lot of headaches for us. Hmm. 23rd minute, Byers tugged back and picked up a yellow. On the replay, I think it was weird because I, I thought it was intended, but I'll be honest, it was a little soft. Mm. And Sunderland just bought it massively all week long. Uh, the resulting free kick is flicked over with pace. It was kind of like Byers went to kind of do it and kind of tapped him on the arm, and then somehow that just completely yeah. made the Sunderland player just wobble, wobble over from there. Oh, uh, 25th minute, I was really upset with Windass. I'm going to be honest. We did some great work. We did a very patient build. We cycled it up the field very, very well. Got to Windass, and he did this incredibly strange drilled through ball that went straight to the keeper. Yeah, very weird. I, again, I think he was. I think what he was trying to do was kind of out, swing it out, like kind of cut across it so it swung out to Hunt. It just absolutely didn't work. It just skidded through. No, it was was flat and skiddy as opposed to looping swerve out to the wing at all. Uh, Long cross from Johnson to Hunt, who pulls it back. It pinballs off a Mackham defender into Gregory and wide. That seemed a little bit unfortunate. Um, Just seemed the look of Wednesday right now in this, you know, in the semi-final clash with Sunderland that we didn't really get anything from that. No. 27th minute, there was a, a goal kick and not a corner, though apparently the ref got it wrong, but I don't care, because it was for us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, d- d- uh, 31st minute, well, there's something there, I can't remember what it, you know, it's not really worth talking about. 30, I'm already losing, uh, <clears throat> I'm already losing the world to live at this point. 33 minutes. Okay, come on, spring it through. Uh, 33rd minute, good cross from Baz, and Gooch nearly nods it in. Um, that was the corner. Play came in, and then that leads to our first shot on target, which was the buyer's overhead kick after a chest down. That was our first F on target. Oh, yeah, that was a that was a good that was a good effort from uh, from buyers. Anywhere anywhere else in the goal, really, 
it's in. It's one of those uh, we've mm. had so many of those this season, but he sort of managed to directly find the goalkeeper with it. I, when I'm, I'm really sad that we didn't test Patterson as much. Yeah, I don't know what I don't know how good he is as a goalkeeper. He doesn't look particularly fantastic, I must say. No, but I mean, I've never really seen a great deal of Sunderland outside of when we've played them, and um, I just yeah. I think the, there's some frustration, real frustrations across the two games where, and I, we, we just never really got play. I never felt like I was watching the Wednesday that had got us to the playoffs. Mm. I didn't feel like I was watching the team that got us that that played this second half of the season. I don't think we were playing how we've played. No. It was all too long. We didn't seem to have confidence in ourselves at the back. I don't know whether that's just. Uh, well, we don't. We're jumping ahead, but I don't know whether this. It felt a lot like this is an old team, and this was just a, a bridge too far. They just looked knackered. I thought Luongo looked absolutely knackered. He still worked hard, but he just didn't seem to have any like pushing his driving his legs. Mm. Um, he still got about and did stuff. I think Bannon looked injured still I don't think he looked right at all in any in any any and I just I just thought we looked like old dogs that were kind of done and they looked quick and young and nippy and yeah bitey and whatever else sharp I mean rather than bitey bitey's not a word that's a stupid thing to say but (laughs) I just that's I just don't but we also didn't have our own we didn't have confidence in our own convictions I I would have liked to have seen, like, as I say, we, we are skipping ahead, but when Hutch went off, I think that was a pivotal moment, and I, I sort of wish we'd really gone for it then. Mm. Um, we can talk about that at the time. Sure. Sorry. No, no, it's cool. I'm struggling. I, I have to be honest, I am struggling to remember very much from this from this game. That's fine. Uh, even as you describe incidents, I can't... Uh, yeah, it was. It's all just such a mulch still in my mind. I think, um, mm. but uh, yeah. Sorry, please. No worries. Forty first minute, thirty fourth minute. We get a free kick, which Bannon whips in for Dean to nod over. You know, I think there's another example. I'm going to come to this later. Um, in fact, I'm just going to say it now. I've seen Wednesday do this so many times this season that I'm yeah. kind of sick of it. I'm sick of long free kicks, lovely cross, and yeah. then the feather light. You know, nod over. Yeah, you know this just happens all the time. I, think. I thought, I thought they did. I thought that was a fairly unpromising spot for the free kick, mm. and I thought, I thought they'd done well to work a chance from it. But yeah, as you say, it's just such a rubbish, nothing <laughs> header. I don't know why we've got so many bad headers of the ball. Dean at times looks really good and looks really on it, heading the like heading the ball in the opposition box. But other times looks terrible. And same with Story. Sometimes Story looks very convincing. But then other times he's just terrible at it. Yeah. That's Story in a nutshell. He's He looks so convincing and then he's terrible at football. I, That's- I, I was surprised whether we didn't see later on. I mean, I'm jumping ahead here, but like, I don't know. It's, I, was, I was wondering whether we might even see Dunkley at some point. There were chances for Dunkley, weren't there? Hmm. So, yeah. Uh, in what... the, my main frustration, the one yeah. I was alluding to, and we're, we're, we're sort of what stumbled into it anyway, but I think what we... Uh, I just would have liked to have seen 
Marvin Johnson, left-sided centre-back, with Mendes Lang outside of him, Hunt on the other wing, and just for us to have a go at them. I think the good, the really great Wednesday performances this season, and there have been them, like this has been, in a kind of season review sense, there's been some great moments this season. But the the really good moments have been that, that one of those outside centre-backs pushing into the opposition's half and adding a body, making chaos, we've, and doing it with quality. We've seen Palmer do it with real quality, have shots and crosses. And Marvin Johnson's fantastic at adding quality. He's really good at crossing from deep. So you give him a pace pace on his outside. Uh, the change we made, Mendes Lang doesn't ever look good as a right wing back. I, 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 I would not... I don't remember him having a good performance there. I've seen him play well at left wing back. I've seen him play okay up front. I don't think I've seen him have a good performance at right wing back yet. Um, and I think Hunt's just looked so useful, so consistently uh, makes good use of the ball, makes bad passes into lost lost and bad uh, bad passes and lost causes into things that the opposition have to defend. I, I just think it's a real shame that he gets dragged off in these situations but anyway sorry <laughs> pardon me um have yeah. we had the, the roberts chance yet or is that still coming um, it, i believe it's yet? still coming at this point so it was probably the second half yeah 36 minutes, Stewart goes down, clutching his midriff back following going up against Dean. He landed badly, but uh, it looks fine to carry on, though, which is a mm. big surprise. 37th <laughs> minute, some great play around the box involved Hunt and Luongo. We just couldn't get a cross in. I'm going to be honest. Um, so I've made a note here, and I haven't made it very, very kind of substantial here, and I wish I'd probably added a bit more, because I'm, I'm trying to look through my notes and think. 41st minute, penalty shout? Um... I thought it was. It looked. I mean, we're the other end of the pitch, but I, 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 th- I thought it was too. Um, that was that was when the player was sort of scrabbling around on the floor and. Yes. Okay. This was what I thought it was. I'm glad you've kind of said this. So I don't know what Sunderland player it was, but he was going down, and then he tried to kind of scramble around, scramble to get to the ball to kind of. Yeah. It was denying Windass, wasn't it? It was. That was the situation. And the interesting thing is I look back and I was like, well, I think there were claims to say, you know, did he handball it in the process? Yeah. Um, which I guess he didn't. He kind of landed on it on his face. Right. But it just feels, I don't know, it feels like he, he was impeding Windass. Yeah. Because I think he did... Windass went down, didn't he, in that in that period of play as well? Yeah, as well. I um, think there's also like a challenge in there as well. Um, I think I'm annoyed just by the grace that like the player, the Sunderland player, who I can't remember who it was. Sorry, there's a lot of Sunderland players who will all, <coughs> all look the same. Like, yeah, and yeah. Um, and they all look like uh, shit wasps as well. Um, <laughs> and I was really surprised that was allowed to happen. By the way, after the first leg that they will red and white against our blue and white again so many mm. people comment like neutrals commented that it was a terrible decision to to let the two teams both wear their stripes well someone's awake do they have a yellow i don't know but, but presumably it'd be better than the problem is that we our white is so white and i think they're the same like they're 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 because they're white 
all across the name section at the back and um, it kind of fades out to white, their kit. I don't even know mm. how to find out what the Sun's Underway kit is. Anyway. Uh, there's a yeah, few like... there's a few pithy moments. Uh, I'm just going to skip over them. Okay. 45th minute in stoppage time. Stewart gets a deserved yellow for a late and lazy leg on Johnson. Um, Windass then gets a free kick on the left for Gooch going through him. Nothing com- comes from it and some more valiant penalty, penalty shouts. Um, a lot of shouts again from Gregory. Gregory was not going to get anything this game. No. Whether he deserved to, I, I, I'll be honest, I don't know. But there was a lot of a lot of very vociferous callings for for being fouled in yeah. and around the box. But he doesn't get any whatever the kind of like BMI equivalent is for strikers <laughs> that referees have in their head. He's just in the column of can, always fouling, never is fouled. He's just um, he's ticked that box, whatever it is. He's got the right height to weight ratio to never get anything given for him. That's about it for the first half. That is it for the first mm. half. So, Rich, so, so, you know, I'm, I'm kind of leading the, the kind of talk today with notes as well. I understand you're... Yeah, you know, what, apologies. What were, uh, your, what were your thoughts on what you can kind of recall and remember? I just felt at half-time it just... Same, same feeling, really, as the first game, that we hadn't really... It didn't really feel like we had a plan that helped us get at them. Mm. I know we had... I know we... We had some chances, but it wasn't like it was. It was half chances and almost a little bit of lack of quality. The, the the kind of either the final ball wasn't as good as it needed to be, or the pass that would set us in a position to play the final ball was was behind people and things like that. There was a bit of that. Um, it's interesting because Bannon, in his post match interview, said at half time that the the talk was keep playing our game and we'll, we'll get a goal. Which I like that they were they had that sort of confidence. That's not how I was feeling at half time, I don't think necessarily. I was thinking about what can we change mm. and maybe sort of wishing away the fifteen minutes to the hour mark so that we can actually make a change. <laughs> you know, you never get changes out uh, in the first fifteen minutes of a of a second half. What were your what were your thoughts? Probably similar, you know, like yeah, I'm I'm kind of mildly kind of buoyed by the fact that they had that belief. Yeah. Um but nothing was really showing or kind of penetrating on the pitch from whatever that belief was. I don't know whether they just managed the, whether their back line managed the distances really well. I don't, because that's, that's the thing. I think the difference between being a stupid football fan and a, a vaguely intelligent football fan is you have to have an awareness that there is another set of t- players out there and they've got their own manager. They have their own things they want to do. Then they've got their own set of fans that really want them to do it. You know, it's not it's not our right to go win football matches. And it's also not a given that everything we try should work. Mm. But I couldn't... We seem to be going long a lot. We went long a lot on Friday. We seem to be going long a lot to uh, on, on at home as well. And I couldn't work out, is this bad quality? Is the aim to get in behind them, get Windass in behind them and have him run the channels and we're just not hitting the ball well enough to make that happen? Or are we just completely devoid of ideas and we are feeding three League One centre-backs the ball again and again and again? Who are all massive. Who are all massive and hoping that Gregory somehow pulls a 
a three card trick out of his arse. You know, just somehow does something that gets the ball down, despite the fact he's shorter and the refs giving nothing for him. Yeah, I mean, I, I was surprised how many headers Gregory did win, though. I think he's remarkably effective, but there were three of them, <laughs> so mm. one of them could battle him, and then the other two, one of the other two, could sweep up, and it was all pretty easy. Even yeah. when Patterson came on, we won headers. We just didn't have any. There was no midfield. The two games we have just had, we had no presence in yeah. midfield whatsoever. Yeah. Nothing. What did you think? Because I, I think I saw someone talk about, you know, mentioned how I was upset about that from the last episode, mm. the first leg. And, but somebody uh, said how Bias had had such a good game. That was uh, yeah, it was Peter Loman who kind of came out with that. And someone else, I did see someone else on on Twitter say like Bias was the only one who was any good over the two legs. Um, I can't really remember a great deal of Bias though from the second leg. The, do you know? I think individually, I wouldn't necessarily say anybody had a bad game. Yep. Like I, I think Bannon was squeezed out of the match, but when he got get, well, when he was w- had the room or may had chances, I think he did well with them. Mm. I think Luongo looked. You know, he he tackled, he passed, he did things. Uh, I think Byers did the same. The problem was it, they didn't have any no. They seemed to just remarkably be out of position all the time. Like. They were too far forward when Sunderland broke. They were too far back when we broke. There's so many occasions in both games where the ball dropped just like from a set piece or an attack. They managed to clear it to the edge of their box. And you sort of think like, right, Luongo, Byers, Bannon, somebody's going to be there. Because what we've been good at this season is making that second chance happen, making that, elongating that spell of play so that you can't just defend the ball, you do the next thing. They weren't there today. Uh, the, they weren't there this game. They weren't there on Friday. I don't know. Like I, said, I wish I knew more about the game of football to be able to say what, why that didn't work. Was it? The, mm. I think in part it just felt like I think Lyndon Gooch and Clark were tucking in on the other side. They weren't trying to stretch us with their width. They were backing up their midfield. So I think we were just constantly outnumbered. So that's part of it. Like they looked like they had more players in there because they had more players in there. Um, but I don't know. Just I over mean, the course of it. I, I mean, I, you know, I appreciate that, Rich. And I also feel like, I think I've said this numerous times on this podcast is like the thing I don't kind of understand is what is the catalyst to why second halves kind of oddly open up yeah and that well, that happened in this game part of it even the fittest person in the world is more tired after an hour than they were when they kicked off yeah um, it's just it's just so dramatic though and, i do think over the course i, I i've mm. i've, I've um, uh, <laughs> my sister was chastising me uh yesterday over this she said oh you've given him way too much credit but i do think only oh nine or onin over the course of the two games, did a tremendous job on Barry Bannon in a way that I've, I don't think fully, uh, whether it, I don't think Barry Bannon was fully fit, so it made it easier. Mm. But I do think we really didn't hear a peep out of Bannon most of these two games. And mm. he's dropping back, but he's dropping back to find space and he still wasn't finding space. And O'Neill still managed to be the guy that mopped things up. He would be back tackling back and helping his defenders and marking Bannon out of the game, which is is pretty impressive 
uh, job of work to get through. Um, the only moment is the goal that he wasn't on Bannon and Bannon made it tell. Hmm. But that was a pretty convoluted sequence of events to get that to happen. Do we want to launch into the second half? Sure. Uh, 30, 46 minute, we get a corner. Bass puts into the mixer. Not much happens there. 48th minute. Sunderland work a short corner well and nearly get a shot on target. Uh, it's foppish knobhead uh, Jack Clark who manages to crack it, crack it wide. <laughs> 50th minute, I noted that Gregory should have had a foul, but nothing was given. Mm. 52nd minute, Sunderland frolic around our box and then managed to cross it straight to Peacock Farrell, which was quite funny. <laughs> Common, 58 minute commentator creams over a long mazy run from Clark, which heads up straight back to a shot at BPF. He then says heading for the final half hour, then says, or maybe they're not lost, not maybe not the last half hour in the grottiest way imaginable. <laughs> Clark, Clark is a good player. I I think there's a bit, there's a moment later on, which I, I think I want to kind of focus on, say was a lot better from him. But that, that run, I was like, yeah, but he's just running literally in a straight line. Like, I I didn't think that it was with great guile. He just just kind of he's went at it. He's not helped by mean... the fact that... Stu- he's not helped by the fact that Stewart, for some inexplicable... If you see your winker <laughs> charging up the pitch, going through tackles, as a centre-forward, do you go, oh, do you know why I should be um, out wide of him? I should run away from the, the goal. <laughs> As the only striker, um, some real, uh, some real Nui-esque uh, goal-scoring uh, instincts there from from Stewart. Because uh, I, I think his ball disappeared. His cross. There's one man in the box, and he ran away from the box. But uh, mm. yeah, I don't know. I. I was just left thinking. I wish we had somebody that could run with a football. Because that's true as well. Because. They've got a couple of players like that, right? Yeah, it just is something else. It's something a bit different, isn't it? And we don't, mm. we don't, not something we have in our in our locker as as it stands. It's weird because I mean we are, you know, we we come to the end of the season. We come to the end of season team awards and who gets picked for the league one team of the year. And I remember feeling a little bit miffed that there's not more Wednesday players there in the starting eleven. But I I wonder if for my bias, this is a bit of a wake up call that Sunderland have a lot of players who seemingly can do a little bit of everything and are mobile. Yeah. We, and it, I guess it was telling that, I think just to kind of kind of agree with you, Rich, that like we severely lacked any great mobility in the middle of the park. Yeah, yeah. It, it was just night and day in comparison between us and the Sunderland team. Yeah. It's really depressing. I... I don't know. There's more stuff to get onto with that, and that's kind of more looking forward and what do we do in the future, which is another conversation completely. But yeah, um, <clears throat> we, we looked we looked over the two legs quite a way away from Sunderland, which is weird because um, we were a point ahead of them, and also spanked them at Hillsborough. Spanked them at Hillsborough, and also to be honest, we should be like at least ten points better off. We should have got promoted this year. We should have got up automatically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. I think in midfield they've been very good for us. Those that three. Mm. It's been. They've not had the rests that they should have had. I think every player needs a bit of a the odd game out, um, which we tried to do here and there. But well, it's not been helped that Adonir and well, Wing was a complete bust. Yeah, and, um, then, and then Wing was off. Right. And then Wing flew off. 
Adoniran's been injured since before Christmas. Delhi Bashiru's been in and out of things and seems to pick up knocks a bit too often. So I don't, it wasn't that we had masses of masses. Um, it's not, it wasn't that we had lots and lots of, of choices there, but we did have a bit of rotation built in that's all kind of been part of this ridiculous injury curse. Mm. And it's all it's meant that 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 average age. And again, young. hilariously, that's brought in uh, Patterson, who's yeah, definitely not a centre mid. Oh god, I don't know. I it's so hard with Patterson, you know, Rich. Yeah, he's just a luxury that we can't afford. Yeah, he's a competent yeah. player. He's you know he he has qualities that probably we don't have elsewhere. But do we need those in where we need them? Probably not. Yeah. It's difficult. I, I, you know, I really like him as a player, but uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm getting ahead of myself and thinking about retentions and players to leave. Um, but I think Gregory is so good at being Gregory. Hmm. There's no other option for Patterson than to be a poor imitation of that. And he's not found a way to be a good foil for Gregory. I don't think. Yeah. More often than not, he's not found a way. To- I also mean, historically, we came and we saw the fact that, you know, um, Patterson, Patterson's not a Fletcher. Patterson is not Stephen Fletcher. No. Which, who is? But um, to be brought in with the view of replacing that is uh, some big, big old shoes to fill. We never, it, it never should have happened, should it? <laughs> really? No. Um, he was never going to be the replacement for Fletcher. Never, ever in a million years. Hmm. I think the tr- the tricky thing I think with Patterson and it's been worse this year than last year. I think he's probably been a guy his whole career where it's like, well, he's not the best, but he does a job here, here, and here, and he gets goals. Mm. And I think if you get if you get ten goals out of Callum Patterson, you don't begrudge the fact he's not he doesn't quite fit anywhere. I think you just kind of go, do you know what? He's a useful squad player, and he gets us ten goals a season. I think when you take those goals, and we had that last year, I think people, I think he became a folk kind of folk hero because we got those sort of ten goals out of Patterson last year. This year, he's he's just not looked dangerous at all, and he's fluffed some really good chances. Um, and and I, I think that is a huge difference. I think the five the five goal swing from last year's Patterson to this year's Patterson, it's affected him and his game, and it's also affected how you feel about him coming on, because he's not a dangerous guy anymore. So he's a guy with no quality, no real position, no tactical discipline, and no goals. That's too many no's. <laughs> when there was the yes of, but he's he's dangerous, he'll grab a, he'll get a header, he'll pounce on something, he'll get yeah. a volley. Yeah. I think that I think that kind of covers a lot of multitude of sins. I think it papers, papers over the very very many cracks, um, and um, we've just not had that. We've not mm-hmm. had that bomb. We've not had that salve. We've not had that thing that that kind of grease for the wheel mm. of, of Callum Patterson, and it's just got squeakier and squeakier as the season's gone on. And he's gone from somebody I would have been gutted to go last summer to, frankly, somebody I don't. I really don't mind what happens to him next. I, I sort of hope, but I hope he does. It doesn't involve Sheffield Wednesday. Mm-hmm. But yeah. he is one of Moore's golden boys who gets chance after chance after chance after chance after chance. So he came on in this game as well as <laughs> maybe against uh, ahead of other people that should have got the nod. Mm-hmm. Should we go back to my notes? 
Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> 59th minute was a good break and a good cross by Hunt, but it was for no one. Uh, 60 minute, they talked a bit on uh, the coverage about whether Story did a block and whether they it was a handball within the block and oh, it goes yeah. out for a corner. Um, hit, I think it hit his arm. I don't think he could have... You can't make your arm disappear, but I do think it... I do think it probably hit his arm. Probably did hit his arm, yeah. Uh, we got Mullard on the corner, and uh, we got Mullard on that counter, and we're lucky uh, the corner comes to nothing. Mm. Uh, 62nd minute. Uh, Gooch puts it behind on a cor- on a for a corner from a ball that was hit forward. Uh, the corner ended with a looping cross to story to nod over. I said it feels like our season. We're good at good crosses with looped overheaders from defenders. Yes. Was that the one that Windass whipped across? That he kind of it was uh he was kinda of lucky it went out for a corner, it could have gone anywhere, it could have been an own goal, or is that a different chance? I can't recall, I'll be honest, Rich. So it was uh, to my mind it was maybe our best chance other than the goal was sixty <laughs> mm. fourth uh, minute. Story nearly caps off the diptych of clangers over these two semi final legs done by Sheffield Wednesday defenders by being hassled by Roberts. Does a really crap back pass to Peacock Farrell, which yeah. Peacock Farrell does very, very well to rifle yeah. out for a throw-in. Really good work to save that from Peacock Farrell. Yeah. Um, just completely lackadaisical, complacent pass back yeah. to him from Story. Yeah. Um, 65th minute, I mean, I don't know if you managed to see this from where you were. I don't know if you looked over towards the bench, Rich, from your position on the cop. But um, 65th minute... Mendes Lang looks like he's coming on with Patterson. Mm. Windus with a tremendous one too. Um, he fires in low, then Patterson cans his parry off some Mackham defender and it goes behind for a corner. Oh, that's the moment I'm talking about, I think. Yeah, yeah. Resulting corner is a terrific melee. We nearly capitalize with a head-on. Yeah. Um, I want to kind of cut to you now. So basically we can look like we're seeing those two players look to be coming on from the bench, but then something happens, which is... Um, I think it was O'Neill, was it O'Neill who goes basically he nuts Hutchinson? Um, uh, maybe it was O'Neill. I'd be surprised because he's not that tall. I thought it was one of their centre back. Oh, you think it was maybe Bart? Maybe. Okay, I said O'Neill yeah. or Bart. It's it's again. And um, I was kind of making notes, so all I could see was Hutchinson up and walking off, looking very Terry Butcheresque. You know, he is bleeding very savagely from his head. Um, he looked like he was walking off, but then suddenly I'm back looking at the screen, Rich, and he's down on the deck and he's getting treatment. Yeah, he, he stood up immediately. And then when the physio came to speak to him, he collapsed. He like just completely like a, like a, like a building just went, uh, just collapsed in a heap. Um, so I... It, a hundred percent had a concussion. That's that's what happened. Right, um, right. And I wasn't surprised later when their player needed more treatment. I, I was surprised that or the, their player managed to carry on. It was a heck of a clash of heads when you watch mm. it. Um, I don't think any foul implied. I think they both they both had just the went for it. Mind, but yeah. it just one of them cleared it with all they had, and one of them was trying to score a goal with all they had, and they they hit each other instead. Um, but I think, yeah, I don't know. I don't know whether it was the pain of the the physio touching where he was cut, or just it just caught up with him. 
Um, but it, it was, it, I knew he wasn't going to play another minute after that because it was, it was clear, it was clear he was, um, he passed out. He um, and he had oxygen. Yeah, he did have oxygen. Um, they they made a comment about that, which. Yeah, it's some. This is the first kind of treatment minutes that kind of really add to this uh, huge wealth of stoppage time. You know, a ninth of the game added in stoppage time at the end. But um, you know, that meant we obviously we had to change our plans incredibly quickly. Yeah, um, Pato hooked back to the bench uh, for Mendes Lang. Still come on, Hunt goes off for Mendes Lang, and Liam Palmer. Liam Palmer comes on. Comes on for Hutch, which uh, I don't know. I I don't hate I. This is going to be fun because I mean I think this is probably going to segue into um, another the episodes that Rich and I will do, kind of looking at what we usually do, which is a season review, and we look at the players, yeah, and we give them kind of Grange Hill like ratings. Rich and I, I think, probably maybe join a bunch of other Wednesdayites that were not particularly convinced by Shay Dunkley, um, but I still weirdly think that. Even for all of those that kind of misgiving and lack of faith placed within Shea Dunkley, that I still feel like if we have him and he's relatively fit in this situation, I kind of wonder why it doesn't come on more. See, for me, this was the moment I feel like because I don't if it's purposeful game management or what I don't know, but we made our change. Fairly soon after we get the goal, well, no, we, we made goal. we made we made those changes before the goal, I believe, right? Yeah, so we made the change, and then fairly soon after we got the goal. That's what I'm saying. Sorry, okay. Yeah, so yeah. seventy the, Mendesland comes on seventy first minute. He was the second of the two subs. Seventy fourth minute, we we we've equalised in the tie. With one, we're winning on the night. I think there was a weird thing. The crowd, obviously, the the noise is great. Getting the lights out is nothing was won at that point. No, we, but it, it's, what we've yeah. done is got back to a draw. We still needed another goal. So, from my point of view, we've played a team for a full match and seventy minutes. We've only really made one chance in that time. Gregory did really well to take that chance. I I wish in the in the, we talk about sliding doors, blah blah blah. Uh, I wish we'd just gone for it at that moment. I think 70 minutes into the second tie, no goals, no real chances. Let's let's have had it. I, that's where I would have gone. Mendes Lang left wing back, Johnson left-sided centre back. Keep Hunt on and 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 press for it. Maybe maybe still bring on Patterson for an extra bit of height because if we're going to be getting balls in the box, why not have another player that can head balls in the box? I just feel like there was a lack of ambition at that point, and it was almost like job done to get a goal, and it was jo- that was not job done. Mm. It wasn't even job half done. Well, I I was chatting with uh, I was chatting with uh, a gentleman named Paul Paul Wormsley, who's who's emailed and his listener who's sent in um, sent in a few really nice emails, and then I've mm. I've I've met Paul. Paul lives in Calgary, so it's been really nice to get to know someone who isn't a member of my family. Or a friend of mine who listens to the podcast. Mm. <laughs> that, that's a <laughs> nice moment. So like, he was talking about like, oh, you know, like ahead of this, it's like I can see it going to penalties. And I said, I'd much rather not go to penalties. Yeah. I'd much rather just lose outright than go to penalties. Yeah. I have zero faith 
in Sheffield Wednesday to win a penalty shootout. Yes. There needs to be a rather wholesale collective change in mentality at Sheffield Wednesday before we go anywhere near a penalty shootout. <laughs> yes, yeah. So okay. I agree with you to the, the lack of ambition to say one goal isn't enough, but the question is like, but again, it's, it's going back to that that whole thing that you were saying, like the, the Bannon post-match interviews, him saying, you know, we felt that we just stick at it. We could get a goal. I was like, okay, that's one goal. Where's where, yeah. where's where's the second one coming from? Yeah. Like, are you hoping to do that an extra time? Yeah. Because because again, let's let's not go to penalties. It's <laughs> yeah. not going yeah. to yeah. win well. I cannot yeah. see as I could see us getting absolutely mullered on penalties by Sunderland. To be honest, it was so the go- the goal's a good goal. We we're, we're pretty much there. We, uh, do, mm. do you have anything before the goal, or do we are we happy to wander into the goal? No, just just that. I mean, you know, Patterson goes back to the bench because it was going to be Patterson and Mendes Lang mm. coming on. Presumably and, for Windass, he would have come on Patterson. Yeah, which is the change we make following the yeah. um, the goal, the equaliser in the tie, if you will. Yeah. Um, it just felt so just in terms of the, the flow of the match. So we, I'm looking at the the sofa scored as a kind of attacking momentum bar two way bar chart sort of thing, and it honestly felt like we were waiting for them to score before we did anything to 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 change the, to make any changes. It, it, it felt like we were just waiting for something to happen from them um, because we didn't have any real momentum that second half until as you, the, the the moment where Hutch got his head injury was our first little spell of anything in that second half of note. But prior to that, I just thought, are we just waiting? Are we waiting till they go one nil up and then we can actually try in this game? Because it just felt like... It felt like we were in the no man's land. I talked in the last episode that being one nil up puts them in a kind of no man's land. The job for us should have been easy. Mm. We needed to go get two goals, but at no point it felt did it feel like our ambition stretched to getting a second goal. No. Anyway, should we talk about the goal because anyway, it is a good? Let's goal. talk about the first goal. We got one. <laughs> <laughs> then out of nowhere, Gregory. Bannon with a new definition in the Oxford English Dictionary of a slide rule pass to Johnson, who does well to create the space and the anticipation he shows to stroke it into the middle for who else but that man, Lee Gregory, to stroke it home. Uh, It was a lovely, lovely goal. Bannon wasn't being marked by O'Neill because O'Neill was back defending the set piece that Bannon took. So Bannon arrived late as that set piece routine broke down and Mm. acted brilliantly decisively with the moment of freedom he had uh yeah it's a great great pass it's great vision it's great execution and johnson as he's been doing most of this season puts puts the ball on a plate for for a striker um he is a tremendous crosser of the football it's Mm. a joy to watch him do his work and lee gregory grabs a goal um, Wednesday fans seem to upset a lot of people on Twitter. A lot of people get upset about a lot of things, but people seem to be very upset about the phone lights. The phones, yeah. Which, I don't know, people quite enjoyed the phones during Brighton? We were we three one up though, Luke. We were sailing to a victory. I don't know. I, I saw some some uh, some Twitter account run by some Chavas proclaim it to, uh, to being that we were turning it into a little mix concert, apparently. Yeah. I, I, I'm, 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 I'm with the uh, the Twitter chava. <laughs> I thought it was. I, I don't know. I just 
it just added to this whole atmosphere of like that was oh great we've got a goal job done it's not done it was not done that should have been a huge roar to push us on to keep playing yeah not, fair enough fair enough oh well done guys get your lights out okay oh. it's like a u2 concert or a little mix city of blinding shites there it is yeah yeah that's uh, that's kind of where we were at hmm uh, with the camera cuts to Bannon, I don't know if you saw Bannon. He was urging the players not get carried away. Yeah, that's good. Which was good. Which is good. Maybe the first time we've done yeah. such a thing. <laughs> uh, seventy-six minute clock again. Melters away. Dean clutters him down. He gets a yellow, which I thought was fairly full. Uh, fairly fair. Like Flatter from Dean. Yeah, seventy-six minute. Windows comes off a of pato, which seems a little strange, I guess. But maybe another battering ram up top. Um, again. To make a reference and a callback to my first, um, my first commentary about Gregory up against Bart in the first leg. Yes, maybe maybe two four-year-olds are taking down this fireman site, fireman Sam ride outside of Tesco. <laughs> Very good. Seventy-seventh mm. minute, Pritchard hits wide and tries to lie his face off for a deflection. No doing. <laughs> uh, more cuts and bruises. We announce the attendance of thirty-two thousand nine hundred seventy-eight. Not not bad. Not bad. 81st minute, Peacock Farrell sprints out to head it out. That was good, wasn't it? That was good. Wow. That was uh, <laughs> some real commitment. Yeah. Um, 84th minute, the ball nearly drops for us to do some magic, but it fizzles out. Counters and a terrific last man challenge. Yeah. They were exceptionally good on the counterattack, Sunderland. Mm. Like, I'm just staggered by the level of pace that they have. It's pretty outstanding. It I really think is. it doesn't. It doesn't hurt that Stewart is kind of cheat code in that he's as big as a target man and really quite rapid himself. Mm. That, that that really, really helps in terms of being put a, a, a kind of one-man army on, on the break. But uh, he's aided and assisted and abetted by some, some real pace. They've, uh, they've really got some players in Sunderland. Yeah, be interesting. I mean, if they, if they don't go up, it'd be interesting to see how much of it gets... Gets severed again. Yeah. Um, speaking of Stuart, here's a pithy comment from Luke. Stuart looks like a prick. Um, <laughs> I bet if you were at school, Rich, he'd be that right gobby knobhead at school who one day you decide to twat and he cries endlessly and you get into a heap of shit because of it. <laughs> I think that should be the episode title, that one gobby knobhead. <laughs> I guess so. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um I haven't noticed him being particularly punchable, but uh, maybe I'll, I'll look at it with those eyes and uh, and see. He looks you nothing like his. You didn't get like the close ups though. Like he looks a bit. He looks exactly. Like, he looks a bit bash bash street kiddish oh. in that yeah. regards. I'll be honest. We had a chance, and I wasn't sure in the 86th minute about the foul on the 17 at all, which is Sirkin. I thought that was very much a wrong decision, and we could have maybe catalyzed. On yeah. one that we had in their box, that was that was upset. Eighty um, eighth minute, Luke uh, for the first time, maybe apart from agreeing that Johnson is effervescent with the commentator. Uh, the commentator declares that Bannon to Johnson seems the obvious route. Um, I agree with him because that route is mint. Mm-hmm. Definitely, yeah. Could have been. Um, could have been and then maybe more. maybe I ruin things for everybody. Maybe the big uh, great reveal of the podcast at the end of this is that somehow. Me tapping some notes out in Evernote is putting the mockers on Sheffield yeah. Wednesday. Ten minutes. Wowzers. I feel like someone is taking it. 
in stoppage time. I I thought that as well. I thought this is this is going to be it'll be done. It won't go to extra time. I think with ten minutes added on, I think it's just so much room for tiredness, mistakes, chaos. Uh, yeah, I I said I said the exact same thing that um, somebody and at the time I thought it was more likely to be Sunderland, but um, somebody's gonna somebody's gonna finish it before the uh, the end yeah. of the game. I made a comment just before the goal was saying it was end-to-end stuff. And again, I, I've made a note to say, we said this before, Sunderland have the motors in their players to counter very well, I must say. Yeah. Uh, Bannon headed out for a cross, headed out across quite bravely for a throw-in. Yeah, yeah. Not that it was a difficult situation, just it, it was, uh, it felt a brave decision, I must say. Yeah. Do you know, uncomfortably, mm. for somebody who's a, really been a big advocate a big fan uh, and is a big you know I am a big fan um I think I think Liam Palmer's going to rightfully come into for some criticism with the goal and I also just think I just think it didn't really work when he came on the defense looked considerably weaker with Palmer there now whether that's just because he was coming in cold because he wasn't warming up to come on was he no he was he was was right on like this yeah and uh so he was trying to feel his way into the game in real time, but that that but that Bannon uh, header away had to happen because the defense just didn't look like they knew what they were doing. They were dawdling, and you have to act decisively in those moments. But um, dawdling, not acting decisively, sort of leads us. I don't know if you've got anything else between here and there, but the inevitable. We we we're, we're there. We're at the precipice. Mm. Yeah, ninety um, third minute. John uh, Robert scores in the ninety third minute. Uh, really, really harsh and heartbreaking. Good goal for them. Bad defending for us. Story doesn't do doesn't do what none of us, any of us, want him to do, which is maybe maybe as a catalogue of being a decent defender, but he doesn't stand up his man, which is one part of it. The Fed cross comes in. Robert speaks Palmer to the ball. Very, very gutting. First off, he lets Stewart distract him. He should just be able to go head that. That's his header to win. It's it's into his channel. People, I've seen people me- blame Mendes Lang. It's not Mendes Lang's fault. As a left, as a centre back in a three, you mark the channel for your for your wing back. He should he should go head that ball away, and nothing else happens. Mm. But as it as it happens, he lets the ball drop. He gets dis- you can see him actually have an interaction with Stewart on the. Um, on the on the highlights, you can see that he physically gets distracted by Stuart. Um, he gets drawn to that run, which Dean should have. Uh, but then, yeah, he doesn't he doesn't do anything in those situations. He just lets people run. We've seen it time and time again. He just yeah. ju- he just does a crab walk alongside them as they go wherever they like. Mm-hmm. I I mean, I've seen I see so many people. Oh, uh, I hope we uh, we get a chance to see him back here. I, I please no. I do not. He's not good enough. He looks. I was trying to think what it's like, Jordan Story, and um, I think the closest analogy I could come up with is Rufus Wainwright. I want. I like a lot about Rufus Wainwright. I, you know, he's a good-looking guy. He's flamboyant. He's funny. He's he's charismatic. But at the end of the day, almost every song is terrible. And 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 that's what it's like with Jordan Story. It's like. He looks like he should be good at defending. And when there's no pressure on him at all, he kind of 
is good at defending. But the moment where it counts, what it's all about, he sucks at. He's really bad at it. Uh, not, not for me. Absolutely not for me. I'd have a Dunkley. I'd have an honest trier over a show pony defender any day of the week. Uh, but the big headache here is not only does Story not do his job, Palmer doesn't mark. Mm. But what if uh, a show a show pony rich has really nice thick hair that you can uh, that you can comb with a brush? <laughs> <laughs> and that, that show pony might get fed some sugar lumps, but I do not want him coming out. <laughs> Your own my little st- my little story. <laughs> hmm. uh, but yeah, uh, Palmer lets um, lets Roberts get a run on him, and then by the time he figures out he's coming, he's it's too late. He can't react in time. Yeah. Um, I saw I saw Bailey Peacock Farrell having a real one to one with uh, the goalkeeping coach at the end of the game, and I, I suspect he probably wants to know what he could do better in those situations. Uh, but I don't think it's his fault. I don't think he was really at fault for the goal. I think he was left with a hide into nothing, really. Mm. Gutting, devastating. Really, their only attack of the game. Yeah. But yeah. they made it count. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're good at that. Uh... And, and for some reason, then, we bring on Saido Berahino. And I don't know what the thought was. Uh, desperation, I think, was the thought, Rich. Or maybe that's more of an emotion. Um, how many it would have been better bringing on Dunkley then, Luke? How many? Oh, we. Oh, I. I'm just going to answer my own. I was going to ask how many. How many subs do we have? But the reason why we did that, we could do that is because we had a concussion substitution. Yeah, yeah there we go. And we. We should be thankful for the small mercy that Alex Neal did not bring on a fourth sub of his own, which he was well within his rights to. Well, he could have could have like gobbled up could some have. more. Could have gobbled up some more of those minutes. I know that's really. what I'm saying. You know, well done to Alex Neal. He didn't rob even more salt. He, well, he just did the same thing he did last time, right? He took uh, what's his Matet comes on for. Yeah, Pritchard. Pritchard. Yeah, but we didn't. Nothing really happened. We didn't get a, a muster anything in the way of an attack, did we? Particularly. No, my remaining notes to finish it off. Following that, Berrino comes on for buyers, desperate stuff. Dub sub for Sunderland, Pritchard and Clark go off for Matet and Doyle. Luke makes a comment that all Sunderland players look like twats. Um, <laughs> Berahino whips one in, and Patterson oh. nearly spilled it to Gregory. That was close, but no cigar. Yeah. No, he did do something, Berahino. You're right. He didn't do yeah, we did he did do something. That was that was that was worth a try. Mm. But it's just one of those substitutions where you sort of like, you know. I know why you've brought him on because it's like we need a goal and he's a striker, but you need to get there. You need to get it to him, and mm. you remove any of the connective tissue that gets you there. So the chance there's not going to be a chance for that other striker. We used to do it all the time with Rhodes, take off a midfielder for Rhodes because we're going for it or we need a goal. Yeah, and then nothing happens. Well, we've done it for a long time, Rich. It's uh, it's been a poor yeah poor yeah. move. We've done for plenty else. Uh, Matete is booked and then full time whistles called. Luke says heartbreaking. Um, mm. Bannon it is, t- sits down, takes his shin pad off. We cut back to Sunderland celebrating, and my feed cuts off because it's, um, you know, w- why why keep the footage on this any longer? Might have been a small mercy that it, it, it just finished. I kind of uh. wanted to, 
I don't know, like from the end of there. So that was, you know, that. And then later that day, I, um, um, I, I digesting it, I went and played a kind of solo little round of disc golf in my local park. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's funny, especially when you get these situations where it's, it's a late game and it's such, such weight is on it. And then everyone probably needs to say their piece. So you're waiting a long time for the media, the media interviews. So, yeah. We got a little interview with Bannon, and we got interview with Darren Moore. Mm. You know, and, and nothing that any of them then can actually say provides any great solve. Um, I actually thought thought Darren Moore's. I know some people have made up their mind on Darren Moore, and they're not fans. But I thought his post match interview was really like pretty pretty profound and uh, mm. uh, very touching in the in the way that these things often are. <sighs> And I, I also I also felt it was unfair from Rob Staten to yeah. be asking the questions he was at that point, yeah. to be honest with you. Yeah. You know, it felt a bit like, I don't know, somehow, you know, Darren Moore's dog has done a shit and then Rob Staten comes yeah. on to, to say, how dare your dog do a shit? Um, you know, yeah. since your dog has done a shit and it's your dog, I'm going to try and rub your face in it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little bit. It felt a little bit callous. I, I felt like and I thought his. You know. I thought his. Yeah, I thought his description of you know how upset the dressing room is and um, you know people take. It was almost like a kind of you know a morning type of thing. You know, just take time with your families. You could just get this hurts. All this does is hurt now. Yeah, um, and I, I like like the thing you said. That's like anything I say to them is not going to make any blind bit of difference. Yeah. It's not going to track. It's you know this no. can't can't go into their heads, so go off and we'll come back in a few days and talk about it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. this is the funny thing. I mean, there's so many players here who aren't going to be here next season. Mm. And I, I don't I, I don't look at it like in a vindictive way. Like, So the whole thing with Mendes Lang, the Mendes Lang debacle, um, yeah. I, I think it's just one of those things, especially when you've got a situation and players who are wingers who like to be attacking and like to spend their time up top of the pitch and aren't good at getting backwards. Yeah. I remember a game where Wade Small didn't do that for Wednesday. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I remember, everyone, you know, we then conceded very late yeah. and everyone was pissed off with Wade Small. And I'm like, it just feels a bit, it all feels a bit football fan 101 from a Wednesday perspective. It feels Northern football fan 101. I'm going to be yeah. honest with you. Like, yeah. he's, not tra- he's not tracking back. He's not making an effort. You know, yeah, he's another one that's not really looked the same since his injury. No, and we've only had like a few games, right? Which is looks great. Yeah, I feel a lot more sympathy with Berahino, which I think yeah. says a lot about his turnaround as a player. Yeah, than the men that's lying. Anyway, I think, I did, I, I, apologies because this is repeating things for you, Luke. But um, I was texting Luke from the the car park as I was queuing to get out. Um, you know, this season has at times felt like we've been watching one man's personal struggle with his demons, with his past, with his future. And that, that man is Barry Bannon. Um, there have been games this season where just through his sheer brilliance and determination, he has dragged us through in spite of everything around him failing. Um and to the point where he's had to just do things himself this season at times. He's had to score more goals than he's ever scored in his career. 
Um, and any time you've asked him, he talks about the the great pride he takes in being a captain, but also the personal, um, the, the personal. Uh, I'm trying to think of the word now. I'm trying to think. Uh, you know, he he takes personal responsibility for the fact we were relegated last season, mm. um, maybe more so than anybody. And he's had this determination to get us up. Uh, he was talking about automatic promotion, probably when most of us had kind of given up on that idea. Uh, and I think it is a particular... Football serves up amazing moments, unbelievable moments of joy where things happen that you just couldn't ever expect. It also serves up tragedy and great dollop loads. It's really good. It's really good at that. Um, and I think the particularly cruel thing that happened was we didn't get any detail about it. I, I, some people kind of brushed it aside, but... Bannon went off injured in the last game of the season and he went off at 3-1. He went off chasing a goal that we didn't need to get and I've no doubt he has been compromised for these two games as a result of that. I don't know how injured he is, how injured he was, how much pain he's played in, etc, etc. But there's no doubt in my mind we've not seen a fully fit Bannon for these 180 plus, plus, plus minutes. Um, over the two legs and if we had I think he would have had a much more of an effect on the tie because he's Barry Bannon and Luke O'Nine did a job of of, of keeping him quiet sat on him um, but everybody tries to sit on Barry Bannon that's every, that's not a brilliant thing that Alex Neal came up with every single team goes we'll sit a man on Bannon keep him quiet and yeah. Bannon finds a way he either outworks you or he outthinks you or he outplays you, but he'll get, he'll work his way into the game. And he did do that for a moment <laughs> on Monday night, but that wasn't enough. The people around him weren't enough. And I, I do, I, yeah, the hardest thing to shake and the hardest thing in terms of looking forward to the next season is it looked like a tired bunch around him. And I think yeah. it's okay for Bannon to be tired. He's done enough to be tired this season. Um, we've got to make sure next season we've got legs around him so that he doesn't need to do quite so much of the work. But I feel sorry for myself, for all Wednesday fans, but I really feel sorry for Barry Bannon. I think it's just been particularly, it's particularly cruel yeah. Yeah. of the fates, the footballing fates. I um, I was smiling. I was thinking about the, uh, the, the brilliant Jeff Goldblum quote in Jurassic Park that life finds mm-hmm. a way. Do you think he'd also say that about Barry Bannon? Yeah, Baz finds a way. <laughs> yeah, proper, properly heartbreaking. I mean, I it's funny. I, I think we all, I've seen other Wednesday nights, and I think we'll probably come to a, we'll keep thinking about this and we'll probably come to conclusions in later episodes, but um, yeah. the, aim was, the aim was really getting to the playoffs. And, but really, that was just to be like, can we show that we can be successful following yeah. two very dogged, awful years? Oh previously? my goodness! So I, I mean, in a way, that is a success. Yeah, but it, it's still properly heartbreaking. You know, it's still like it's like I've been dumped. Really, it's like yeah. I've it's like I've been in love with someone and they've they've said no. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and Luke, there's nothing I could say that would penetrate your mind at this point. So eloquently. <laughs> but I think, yeah, this, you know, if there's a message from this podcast, I think you've just got to, you've got to feel the hurt because that's what makes the good times worth 
having is you know what this feels like and as Wednesday fans we've had an awful lot of this um <laughs> I, I think the sad thing though sometimes the nature of this is like we've been here we felt this hurt the players yeah you know I think there are players who care very very much I don't think that was maybe the problem this season no. but the problem is now there's still gonna be players who are gonna leave they're gonna be fine yeah but I, I've got to say it's a long time since I've felt this hopeful at the end of a season. I do think Darren Moore's got a sight of how he wants to play now. I think the recruitment was pretty scattergun in the summer and it took him three, four months to figure out what what his team was going to look like. And by that time, we didn't have enough centre-backs <laughs> even to be playing three of them. Mm. Um, but I, I think now we've got the bare bones or we've got the bones of something to build on. And a lot of those players are ours. There's key players where we we don't we know we're going to need to fill in. I don't know what happens at goalkeeper. We've obviously got a kind of award-winning, newly promoted Cameron Dawson to come back. And what does that feel like? I I hope we take the opportunity to sell him on to somebody <laughs> if Exeter want him. I, I I think if there's an opportunity to kind of cash mm. in cash in the Cami chips. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I hope there's another. I hope there's a new face in a, a goalkeeper. Hunt. It sounds like we might have an option to keep him, so that would be great. Mm. Johnson has got another year. Yeah, Palmer's still here for another season, I think. Gregory Windass. Gregory Windass. Uh, I offer Adoniran. Adoniran. Deli Bashiru's got another year. Bannon's got another year. Byers has got another two years. Luongo, I think, is gone. Eve waved to all four sides of the ground. I think it was a very much a kind of goodbye, which I fair enough. Um, yeah, but I I think it's it's nice to go in. We don't need a complete overhaul again. I think there's things that are good already, and it's more a case of adding in key areas. It feels more like the last. It feels more like the the Wembley summer. But I've got more faith in Darren Moore and whoever's in charge of the recruitment now to actually do actually get what we need rather than <laughs> whatever happened that summer. Because <laughs> we need we knew coming out of that summer we needed a holding midfielder and a big centre back to replace Leuven's, and we never did it. We still not really done it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I. Th- it hurts, but I think there's green shoots of of recovery, and I think there's a team we can be proud of. I think they did try their hardest. I think it's we fell short by inches over um, over a, a marathon course. That's what we're looking at. We you know we talked we talked earlier that maybe we should have got automatic promotion if you can. It's very easy to find the points that get us there. Yeah. Um, very much so. Anyway. Should we should we just kind of map up this this final match summary of this season? Let's do it. So, okay, villain of a piece. It's a draw. I mean, it's just a draw in terms of the match result. Yeah, exactly. But it's a losing draw. Um, um, it's hard to say with villain. A story, probably story. Yeah. Cheerio, Jordan. Yeah. The moral of this story was: I don't want to see your face again. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Um, who would you give kind of kudos to? Johnson, Gregory? Johnson, Gregory. Gregory, there was a moment 
I um, I did this ironically because I'm not I'm not a complete knob, but I did turn to my sister after the goal. Gregory just played like he had like sheer adrenaline running through every fiber of his being. There was two like tackles he rattled into and won the ball, and I I did uh, I turned to my sister and say. Lee Gregory is my spirit animal because <laughs> I did. I was really feeling. I was like, "Yeah, Gregory, come on, just nail him." <laughs> if everybody had played with his sort of energy after he scored, we might have got like six goals, but nobody else did. <laughs> nobody matched him. Yeah, he was the one guy high on cocaine at the party, and everybody else was uh, just sipping beers. <laughs> no, Lee. That's not really our vibe here. Actually, we're just we're just chilling out. Not the vibe we're going we're, for this night. We might play some PlayStation. You know, it's not really a kind of cokey atmosphere. You know. <laughs> yeah. Ah, uh, right. I think that's it, isn't it, Luke? I think so. Yep. So we will be back with um, season review, maybe in several parts. Mm-hmm. Um and. Uh, Will that will that will be the that will be us putting twenty one twenty two to bed? Yeah, get a little little tuck in, tuck in the sheets, say nighty night to it. No night, God bless. Mm-hmm. You were a mixed bag. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, okay. Well, look after yourself, folks. Look after yourself, Luke. Uh, love you, dude. Love you too, man. Thanks for listening, folks, and we'll <laughs> Thanks, be everyone. back soon. See you, everyone. Bye-bye.